welcome all of you. I have a quick word for you, but I, I feel like it's a word to set us up for next year. Everybody's looking forward to next year, right? Uh, I think we've been looking forward to it since like March, <laughs> and it feels like it's been three years in one or whatever it is. And typically, we, I, I'm one of those, I'm like, it's a date on the calendar, like, it's really, yeah, if you want to put a lot of stock into New Year's resolution, that's great. Do it. Do you? For me, I'm like, yeah, it's another. It's the, it's the next day after yesterday. Like, it, it was 60 degrees on the 31st. It's 60 degrees on the 1st of 2021. It's, it's another day, right? We need it to be another year this year. Like, we, the church, every one of us, we need, the world needs it to shift. Um, th- psychology, people are going to study this year and what the effect it's had on children with the schooling and, and families being locked in together and not being able to go out and have, they're going to be studying this for, for years from now on. And I don't think we even know right now um, the ramifications of the year we've had. But what I do know is that we can rise above the uh, negative consequences of this year. Like we as believers can tap into a new realm, into the kingdom realm, and play by different rules. And the effects of this year can have a different effect on us. Like we don't have to respond the way the world responds with depression and heartache and all the stuff that's coming out right now. Uh, we can rise above that. And there's an old, old story where they were in an airplane and all of a sudden, there were snakes on a plane. It's kind of a movie, I guess, maybe. And the, 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 they were freaking out. They're like, hey, pilot, what do we do? We've got all these snakes on the plane. He's like, just hold, hold on. And the pilot took it above, what was it? Rats, snakes. I, the snakes sounds funner. They take it above the oxygen level where they could not breathe, and it just killed them, right? There's this line that they went up into the altitude, and it killed the enemy, the rats, the snakes, whatever it was on there that wasn't supposed to be there. And I feel like that's what God wants to do for every one of us. He wants to take us above to an altitude. He says that if you hope in the Lord, you will not be disappointed. He says that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary they will walk and not faint and he will give us eagle's wings and we'll soar above everything here and so that's what I want to declare but there's something that he wants to teach us today real quickly that will prepare us for this process in the future and it's trust like we say we trust the Lord but do we really trust him and I, I use these like cheesy examples but if you woke up this morning and you pulled out your phone and you pulled up your your weather app and it said Hey, it's going to be really cold today. It's going to be like 35 degrees. It's going to be windy and it's going to be raining. What would you do? Something like, I'll go back to bed. If you're going out into the world, you would prepare for that, right? Because you believe the source of the weather app is accurate. Even if it was 70 degrees yesterday, we're Texas. We know it can do that, right? It can be 70 and then 20. It doesn't matter. In the same afternoon. Um, But if you pull out your weather app and it tells you it's going to be cold and rainy and windy, you're going to dress for the occasion the next day because you believe the source, right? What if you wake up in the morning and you pull out your traffic app and you see your normal route to work says there's construction, don't go the way you normally go. What are you going to do? You're going to change your route. You're going to pick a different route. Why? Because you believe the source of the information, right? And that's what the, the Lord wants us. They've hit it twice. We've heard Proverbs 3. I was going to read that, but it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We all have heard this, probably have heard it twice today, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. All right? Trust, 
Trusting the source alters the way I live my life. It just does. And when God says that he's got me and he will protect me, and even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear any evil because he is he is with me. His rod and his staff comforts me, right? He restores my soul. He prepares for me a table in the presence of my, like we know this, right? But if we trust him, then we're going to begin to act out what we trust. There's an activity that follows it. It will affect our behavior. It will even affect our rest. Yes, it will. <laughs> the Lord wants to know, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I've been reading a lot lately about Abraham and Abram before he turned into Abraham, the whole story. And I would encourage you to read that because there, I love that he was a flawed man. Like he wasn't perfect. Like I love that about the Bible. Like we retell these stories of their highest moments of life. And then if we want to get people to repent, we tell of their lowest moments and don't do this. And, but these were real people. They made decisions like you and I. They, they, they took the information that they had and then, they, and then the, wherever their, their treasure was, wherever their heart was connected, it determined their decisions. And sometimes they were wonderful and sometimes they weren't. But in Genesis chapter 15, verse six, this is after God comes to Abram and says, I'm gonna make you a father of nations. He's like, as a matter of fact, go out and look at the stars. How many did that this week? Looked at the stars. How awesome was that? I, I, I like stuff like that. I, I like cheesy stuff like that. Like, okay, yeah, I know they're moving closer and now they're moving apart, but two is really cool, right? Uh, when you look at the stars and think about in the desert with no, no uh, light pollution and Abram goes out and he looks out at the heavens and he just sees all these stars and God says, okay, if you can count those stars, that's how many descendants you're going to have. And Abram's like, I'm an old man. I don't have any kids. And the, you know, the whole process that he went through. But Genesis chapter 15, verse 6 says that he believed God and God counted it to him as righteousness. Other places in the Bible says that he believed the one who promised was faithful to do what he said he would do. There was a trust that Abram had, even in his, in his age, even in the barrenness of his wife. He knew that if God said this was going to happen, it was going to happen. And there was a trust process that he went through. He, he judged God faithful who promised it. Even his wife had to go through that. When God comes and tells him, Sarah, Sarai, or however you want to say it, before her name was changed, she laughed when, when they said this. And so they named their son Isaac, which means he laughs. It became a testimony in their family. But she laughed, like, how am I going to have children? And then they tried to break, they, they broke the rules and tried to make it happen. How many have ever tried to break the rules and make things happen? Like, and we create Ishmael's. And here's the thing about an Ishmael. Ishmael was born. Ishmael didn't do anything wrong. And I, I see this torment inside of a father who this is his son. And his wife and, his, and, and the maidservant are at odds and fighting with one another. Can you imagine the conflict? God promised Sarai a child. And, and she comes up with this plan to subvert the plan of God and, and make it happen on their own. And he, and, she, and he has a child with a servant. And can you imagine the camp? The dirty looks, <laughs> the, the mistreatment of Ishmael in that camp. And, and Abram's at this point, is like, well, he's my son too. And so the Bible even says that when, when God told them to send Hagar and Ishmael away, that it, it was a hard decision. Yeah. It was. Abram felt like what we would feel. It was a tough decision. But he did it, and he blessed him when he left. 
Because God says he's not the seed of promise. He's not the one I told you that that the descendants are going to come from. It's going to come from you and Sarah. And so they believe God. And then what happens? They have a child, right? What an amazing testimony. 99, almost 100 years old. They're She's 90 years old. She's actually barren, can't have children, and here she comes up pregnant. Come on. God is doing this. This is amazing. They're celebrating, right? We trust him. He's, he's faithful who promised it. And then as, as Isaac grows up, God says, hey, um, I want you to offer Isaac to me as a sacrifice. Oh, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> it was really hard for us to have this child to promise. I, I, he didn't say this out loud. It's not in here. I can just imagine the emotions that he went through. Like, okay, do I trust God or not? Because if I trust him, it's going to direct my decisions. If I trust him, it's going to affect my behavior. So Abram goes, Abraham now, his name is Abraham because God put his name inside of their name and added the A-H in their name. So it became Sarah and Abraham. It was a promise from God. And God told him to take Isaac up and offer him as a sacrifice. And so Abraham goes to Isaac and says, hey, I want you to come with me. I want you to get the donkeys ready. I want you to bring firewood. I want you to bring all the stuff for a fire. And let's go. We're going up to the mountain and we're going to offer a sacrifice to God. And can you imagine Isaac? He's not stupid. He's looking at the, the checklist of items they brought with him. Okay, there's, there's firewood, there's kindling, there's rope, there's, uh, there's no sacrifice, <laughs> there's no lamb, there's, no, there's nothing here. And he asks his dad, he's like, Dad, where's the sacrifice? And what did Abraham say? <clears throat> Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. And they go up the mountain. And I cannot imagine this story. I, I, can't even, I can't even imagine. But Abraham trusted God. And he takes Isaac, and they build the altar, and they prepare the, the, the fire and the wood, and he has Isaac lay on that altar. And then now look, Isaac trusts his dad. Yeah. And he's like, son, the Lord will provide. He ties him to this altar and he pulls back the knife ready to sacrifice the one son that he had, the heir to the promise that God gave him years ago. And he raises the knife and the Bible says an angel of the Lord stopped him. He was ready to do what God told him to do. He trusted him. I don't understand the story. I don't. I don't understand it. Why? Why? Why would God ask him to do that? There's a, there's a scripture. <laughs> And it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And, you know, I feel like I'm learning. I'm learning this process myself. Like, like not on the scale of Abraham and, and Isaac, but we all have our, our Isaacs and our promises. And we all have our dreams that God's given us. And we all have these things that we long for, like we burn for them. Like I have, I feel, I felt a burning in my stomach all morning. And it's not like, it's not, oh, I need some Tums or something like that. Like there's, I burn, I want more. Like I want more from God. Like I don't need, and we burn for these things. So we have our Isaacs and our promises and we have our commands from God to obey. And we have the choice to make. All of us do. And here's the truth. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. If God says to do something, we can trust him. Job said, even if God kills me, 
I mean, look at all the bad stuff that happened to Job. He lost everything, literally lost everything that mattered to him, except for his own life. And he says, though God slays me, I will still serve him. I will still trust him. That's what trust means. Now, God is not an abusive father. But there's something that happens inside of us as humans who see through like cloudy glass the whole world. We see our life, we see our past, our present, and our future through cloud clouds. We see through clouds. He sees it clearly. So when he asks us to do something or when we go through a trial or an obstacle, he's not being a mean father. He's not trying to wound us and beat us into submission. He sees something we don't see. And there are things that can only happen in our lives through great trust. There are some things in life. You know, he said he would supply all of our needs, right? That there are wants, there are desires that only come through great trust. And it, it means that I trust the source. And because I trust the source, it affects the way I prepare my life. We're moving forward into, we are in right now the birthing of the greatest time the church has ever known. Since the church was born in Acts, when the church was born and the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh and the church was born, we are now living in the times that those prophets and those, those oracles saw and looked into the future and they longed for the day that we're entering into right now. We're entering into a time where there is going to be astounding signs and wonders. I really believe this with all my heart. There are going to be signs in the heaven. The Bible said it, like it says it. There are going to be signs in the heaven. There are going to be miracles and signs and wonders. And the church is going to be glorious, without spot, without wrinkle. We are, we are walking into this process right now. It felt like this was the birthing year of something new. And I believe that what we're stepping into aren't just God providing our needs for us. And we said this a few weeks ago, but there's a great, great prophet named Graham Cook, and he says getting our needs met is the baby end of the Christian spectrum. Babies get their needs met, but grown men and women, they have to go after things that really matter. God provides the things we need, but then we have to rise up as warriors. We have to rise up as sons and daughters and go after the things that we want. And I'm telling you right now, the access point into this place is trust. It is trust. I think this year is a great year for us to assess our trust. Now, I don't think wearing a mask or not wearing a mask will determine your trust. I just don't. Like, it's your choice. So let's throw that stuff out of there. But we have made a lot of decisions this year from March until now that will tell us whether we really trust the Lord or not. And this isn't to make us feel bad or to make us look back and look, oh, man, I missed it, or, or, oh, I'm so awesome. That's not what this is about. This is us saying, okay, we're entering into a new year. It's going to require great trust. How is my trust right now? Do I trust the Lord? Do I really trust him? If the Lord said, go left, would I go left? Or would I stop and ask for lots of questions? There are times to ask questions because there are times Abram, before he became Abraham, asked God, he's like, how's this going to happen? And so God explained it to him in great detail. 
descendants are going to come from here. They're going to go there. They're going to be in. They're going to be enslaved for four hundred years. It's going to be a hard time, but they're going to come out. They're going to live in this. Like he told them the whole story before it ever happened. There are times to go and sit down with God and say, "Okay, you said this. How? <laughs> Give me a little more information right now." There are times for that, but there are times to just say yes, sir. There are times to just go left if he says go left. There are times to just stop if he says stop. That's the thing that set Jesus apart from, from any other teacher, from any other person that rose up as a prophet, because first of all, he was the son of God. Second of all, he trusted his father. And every decision, Kyle hit it perfectly last week, every decision he made out of obedience wasn't because God forced him to. It wasn't because he had to do it. It was because he trusted his father and he chose to act in accordance to his trust. Kyle said he could have called a thousand angels to pull himself off that cross. He could have done it. He chose not to. Why? Because he trusted his father's plan. Not my will, your will be done. Who, Who says things like that? Who goes through dark nights of the soul? And says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Who goes through crushing like Job and says, though God slays me, I'll still serve him. There's nothing that he can do to me to make me not trust him. Oh, who knows God like that? And, and it's like, oh, those are just superheroes. No, they were normal people who made a choice. You're not going to feel like trusting God. It's a decision that you just make. And so my prayer today is that God clears up the signals in the atmosphere so that we can hear his voice clearly. That's my first place to start. Like, I need to trust the source. Right now, there are so many voices that are lying and deceiving spirits in the atmosphere, and we don't even know the ones we've tuned into until we've already taken the bait. So, Father, right now, we cut agreement with the deceiving, lying voices in the atmosphere, the voices that try to mimic your voice, the angel of masquerading as an angel of light. (laughs) We cut ties with them right now in Jesus' name, and we ask that you give us pure signals that we would hear your voice, that we would be like little children, that we would be like sheep who know your voice, (laughs) and we will not follow another. Hmm. That we would be like little children that says, you're my daddy, right? You're my daddy, right? <laughs> I love it when Levi, when he looks at me, he says, you're my daddy. I'm like, yes, I'm your daddy. You're my dad. That's right. And you're my Levi. I love that. I love that. I love it. Mm. The Lord wants us to, to trust him. James talks about, I'm going to close with this. I'm not going to read it for time. But James chapter 2 talks about faith and works. And he talks about some people that are like, oh, look at me. I'm so awesome. I have all this faith. And he's like, okay, you have all that faith. Good for you. Where are the works that goes with your faith? Like there's got to be some action that matches our mouth, right? Right? And checks with our mouth, right? <laughs> there has to be that. And then he's like, and then there's the other side of people. Well, look at me. I, I feed the poor and I do, I do all this stuff and I'm, but, but you don't have faith. Then what you're doing doesn't matter either. He says, faith without works is dead. 
Works without faith is dead. He goes, what we must have is a marriage of the two. And then he uses Abraham as an example. He says, with Abraham and with Sarah, their faith worked out actions in their life until they, until they produced righteous actions. It partnered with each other, their faith and their works. And so here's, what, here's my, my goal for me going forward, for our church going forward, is that we, we take assessment of our trust and our faith, and we take assessment of our actions. Because if where our actions are will point to where our faith is or where our trust is. It's true. And God has huge things in store for every single one of you. For your families, he has something special for your family. He has something for your families, your children's children's children. You know, we had this huge discussion over Christmas and, and, and how I how I tell my sons how they're going to choose their wives. I won't get into this deep discussion here, but I'm a sixth generation pastor. Like I have something on the line. Kyle has something on the line. My sister has something on the line. Six generations of ministers. I don't want it to end because I was foolish. I also don't want to force my kids into it. Lord knows I would never want to do that. But I've got something to continue here, and there is a recipe for that that I have to stick to. There's a way we have to live life for that to continue. You have that same thing. You have your own special legacy that's been passed on. You may be the first one here, but God birthed something inside of He's birthing a nation inside of you. Ah, oh, they ripped that song last week, the blessing, on your children and your children and your children. Come on, right? That, that's every single one of us. You have a hundred year, a thousand year legacy in front of you that your decisions now matter. Your trust now affects them later. You can have such faith and trust right now that it's not even an issue to your sons and your grandkids and your granddaughters. So Father, right now, huh? I ask that you would stir up that legacy promise that's inside of everyone here and listening on Facebook. I ask that you would stir up that legacy promise of their generational promise in them. It's not a one generation thing. It's not just for them. It's for their children and their children's children. And it's for as many that are in their bloodline. We are building something. We are building a legacy, a family of God. And God, I ask that you would protect that promise inside of them right now. I ask that you would send angels to protect that promise. Post them up around that promise in their heart. And anything that would come in to undermine your promise in them, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Declare that over your family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's it. There's no negotiations in our family. Make that your rule in your home. There are no negotiations. We will serve the Lord. You may serve the Lord differently than I do or whatever. We're serving the Lord. Amen? Would you stand? We're we're done.
The Lord is teaching us to trust him, right? Trusting in God looks like something. Lance, you want to come up? You want to play? Thank you. Trusting in God looks like, would you say that with me? Trusting in God looks like something. Like it's, it's provable. It can be proven. So will you trust him going forward with great trust? With great trust. I don't know what he's asking for you to do in your family. I do know what we just said is true, that there is a legacy promise inside of every one of us. I know that. Your, your race is different than my race, but we're all running together, right? So Father, I ask right now that you would stir up great faith and trust inside of everyone here. Lord, if there is fear, if there's fear in anything greater than our fear for you, I ask that you would cause it to bow to you. We pull down the idols of anxiety, fear, mistrust, skepticism. We pull down these idols. We pull down the idol of safety. Oh, man. As you said, if I try to save my life, I'll lose it. But if I give my life to you and I trust you, I will find it. God, I, I'm going to say that again. I pulled down the idol of safety. God, I ask that you would lift our heads and help us to see more clearly. Help us to stop looking down or behind us or to the right or to the left. Kyle hit it last week. Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. See, when Jesus knew he had to go to the cross, when he knew it was time, the Bible says that he set his face toward it. He turned toward it like, I'm going into this face first. And I ask that God would give us the courage to face the future. Because we trust you, God. Would you say that? I trust you, God. I trust you with all of my heart, with all of my soul. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my children, with my children's children. I trust you with my health. Come on. I trust you with my business. I trust you with my finances, with my marriage and my relationships. I trust you with my dreams, my ridiculous dreams. <laughs> and I trust you with my promises because I have determined that you who promised are faithful. Oh, come on, let's say that again. I have determined that you who have promised are faithful. 
Now, God, I release the rest that comes through trust. Childlike rest. I'm just going to say this. When I'm not driving, I have a hard time sleeping in the car. (laughs) I sleep really well when I drive. I'm just playing. When I'm not, like, I want to fall asleep so bad, but I'm like, I don't know. I know it's this, I trust him, but I don't. I feel like the Lord say, you can just go to sleep. He's driving. He's the Tesla that just parks itself and drives itself. Lane correction, right? He's got it. Just rest. Sometimes we have to give our permission to not do something. Like we think, I gotta work, I gotta do, I gotta. Sometimes you need to give yourself permission to rest. And so today, would you say that to yourself? Jared, I give you permission to rest. Say this I give you permission to be a child. <laughs> Amen. I'm so glad you came. So glad you're here. Those on Facebook, thank you. We love you. Happy New Year to every one of you. If you want prayer for anything specific, we'll meet you right here at the front. Um, But take this as a goal. Take this as a direction for going forward into the new year. I'm going to learn what it means to trust. Yeah. Radical obedience. Radical trust. Amen. But God, I bless everyone here. I bless their families. I bless their children. I bless their grandchildren. I ask that your favor would rest upon us. I ask that your face would shine upon us. That you'd be gracious to us. And that we would rest in our trust. <laughs> that your faithfulness become the shield over our hearts. We trust you. Amen. We love you. If you want prayer, we'll meet you here at the front. God bless you. Happy New Year.